vibe, live, live. All right, thank everybody for listening again. This is the last cassette. I'm nothing but your host, John Richard. Sakpase, everybody. It's your girl, Egyptia. And we are back at it again with another week. Um, we actually said we were going to take a little bit of a hiatus and kind of wait until after our one-year anniversary to actually, you know, have another episode. But um, this show right here, we could not drop an episode um, about this. Right. So, yeah, because this is, we realized that this was, you know, too serious. Um of, of, of a show of uh, an issue that we have in our systems where we could talk about it. So we definitely had to, you know, drop a little gem on here for you guys for sure. Yeah. And, you know, and again, and again, um, everybody knows this is season three, right? So, yes. Um, all the other episodes, you can go back to our old one. You can catch them on, or we catch season two, um, season one, and some bonus episodes that are available. Um, yes. On all your social, on all um, listening platforms where you listen to um, podcasts at. Um, but without further ado, let's you know just get on into it. So today, what we're talking about is a documentary series that came out on Netflix. Uh-huh. Um, and what it is is it talks about the Central Park Five, or yes. you know Central Park rapists uh, raping. You know, um, so I'm gonna give a little small snippet um, of the backstory. So a group of teenagers um, were in a park, you know, quote unquote, just hanging out wilding, whatever. That's what police use. You police use wilding. So wilding, not knowing what wilding meant. Not knowing what it meant. So they were out there uh, just having fun kicking it. Um, a white woman gets raped. Uh, she gets brutally raped, right? And she's left for dead. Um, the investigator was a white woman. Her name was Linda something. Pharisee. Linda Ferrisine, right? So she she's in charge of the investigation. She's in charge of sex crimes in Manhattan. So what she does is she conducts a criminal search for black and brown men, boys, right? Mm-hmm. Specifically those colors. No other had no other description. So they, they they get a group of you know a multitude of different boys. They get them in and now they you know interrogating them. But they pick out five individuals, right? Now, what's weird about this whole situation is that none of these kids' parents were there. Yes. So, by law, if you are um, if you are a minor, you must be accompanied by um, a guardian and or parent. Right, right. That 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 is correct. So they were they started off illegally, you know, arresting these kids, right? Asking them questions. And then it, the, the thing turns to a twist where they go from just random questions to beating these kids to getting a confession. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, due to what her name was, Linda, Linda Ferristein, due to what yes. she wanted. Right? She wanted a confession. She wanted to close the case quick. Even though the evidence didn't match up. This is what she wanted to do. Linda Ferristein. And so now it comes it comes to this this weird paradigm. And it's, it's very crazy for me. And I'm, I'm going to shift off a little bit just to, just to make a, a, a small point. Um, is that we, we, we always assume that racism only exists in the South. Right? Exactly. And, and that's and, and that's what, what blew my mind even more because I was like, I thought this was only I mean, of course, I wasn't naive enough to know that, you know, it wasn't up north because I've dealt with racism in Canada of all places. Um, but to know that something that was, it seems to be more predominantly in the South was it, a huge case like this happened up north in New York. The melting pot of all states that we have in a country. Yep. Yep. Um, and this is what, it, I mean, I mean it, it shocked the world. Um, this 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 case, right? That not only are they beating these these little boys into a confession, a legal confession, right? Because at first these little boys were saying that they don't know none of these guys, they don't know these women. There wasn't, there were no way around a rape victim. They were four hundred yards away from where her body was found. Yes, yes, and what what the the part that was pivotal too is the fact that. You know, they were just talking about the fact that, you know, I just went out with some of the boys and, and it was also um, 
something to not miss is that the boys didn't even know each other. Only two of the five boys knew each other. That was Yusuf and Corey Wise. Yeah, Yusuf and, and Corey Wise. Uh, yeah, Yusuf Salam and Corey Wise, those were the only two that actually knew each other. Everybody else did not know each other. Mm -hmm. They just had mutual friends. So that's the worst part. So when they came about, like, what about the lady? They're like, the fuck is what lady? So, <laughs> so, and the crazy thing is, they picked up Yusuf and Corey on the side of the road, like, during the, you know, during the investigation. And Corey yeah. just went because yes. he didn't want Yusuf to be by himself. And, that, and he got it, it's not like he got it, I don't want to say he got it the worst to kind of like downgrade what the other guys He got it the worst. He got it the worst. He got it the worst. 12 years. And he, had, he did 13 years. He did yes. 13 years in an adult prison when he yes. just turned 16. And the thing is, the, why they tried him um, as an adult, right, is because two weeks prior to him, um, the trial date, he just turned 16. Mm-hmm. Two weeks prior of, the, of, you know, when they had to go to court. So they tried him as an adult while these other boys went to juvenile detention centers. Now, it's two different things between a prison and a detention center, juvenile exactly. detention center. And so he got the worst out of uh, the, five, um, the five boys. But what was interesting throughout this case was how um, the evidence never matched these boys to anything. Exactly. But they constantly exactly. want to put these black boys, and I want to say just like that, they constantly want to put the black boys on the stand in regards to it, in regards to the rape. Now, I'm not saying the rape victim, she did, she did, uh, she did deserve justice. She does deserve justice, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing that was interesting was she specifically, the investigator Linda Ferenstein, specifically went for just black and brown boys. And so what that's telling me um, personally, is that even in the melting pot, even in they come to the end of the 20th century, is that there's still racism, not just in the South, and which everybody claiming to be, not just in Mississippi, not just in Alabama, not just in South Carolina, but it exists in the police precinct in New York City and all. Exactly, exactly. And you know, um, I actually. So before I actually watched the series, I, I watched the first episode, but before I could continue, because I had to take breaks because there was just so much to take in, um, I was actually reading a lot about the case, and I was also watching a lot of the interviews. I fell on an interview that Yusuf Salam and Raymond Santana ended up doing together, and um, they actually explained how they took some of the guys and tried to make them fall at, at the scene to actually tamper with evidence to make it seem to actually have their DNA at the crime scene. Yeah. So. What well, they what were, they were definitely yeah. trying to tamper with evidence. They took, they, they went to their houses. Um, what, what is not, it wasn't, well, and in, in, in the series, right? Mm -hmm. They went to, uh, forgot, I forgot the short, the short one, the one who father uh, bounced. Um, they went to um, his house. Antron, right? It went to Antron's house and was looking for looking through his clothes. Now they did an illegal search without a warrant. Yep. And what's what's so and what's so crazy to me is in regards to Antron is you know I'm a father, right? And I have male sons. Why? Well, mm. That's weird. They have male I sons. Mean, I, mean, I, I have sons. Male sons. But I, I I guess in this <laughs> modern day you have to be very specific. Yeah, true, true. So true. I, I'm, I'm gonna use that as my scapegoat. But the point is this: <laughs> the point is, um, they did a legal search, right? And the father was so petrified for his black son that he said, "Look, just tell the police what what they want to hear, so we can just get out of here. I don't want them to do nothing to you." So in a sense, he thought he was protecting his son by just agreeing with the police, not not you know conceiving the thought that. It will, be, it will be more damning to his son to agree with the police. Which was, and, and that I still, I wish that he would have been alive to explain what was his process to think that because it, it just makes no sense. Well, I could, well, I could explain his process, right? When the police have a known history of bleeding black males, killing black people, right? Mm -hmm. And the father was so scared for his son's life under the police custody, right? You may, you know, under the custody, he said, look, just say what you got to say, man. We don't want no problems. 
He was so scared for his son's life that he's willing to lie. He's willing to tell his son to lie on the stand just so his son could be safe. That was his conceived notion. That's why a lot of people, when like a lot of people, black people go through their little traffic stops, um, and they say, "Look, hands on the wheel, man. Don't, don't, don't say anything to make the officer angry. Don't, don't say anything." A lot of parents tell their sons that they black sons, especially tell them these kind of things because they don't know if that's the last day they're gonna see him. And so for Antron, his father, he did not know if that was the last day he was going to see him. If his son just, you know what? I didn't do it. I wasn't there. Because he knew they was going to fuck him up. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I got from him. Uh-huh. But and still, still, I think we have to be mentally tough um, to understand that. We have to be mentally, mentally tough to know, you know what? A lie is a lie. I don't care if you're the police, judge, whoever. Exactly. Nigga, if I ain't do it, I ain't do it. If you got a problem with it, you can charge it to the game. Exactly. So, I think that was probably, that right there was the hardest moment for me to watch. Uh-huh. Was the father um, not being there for, not being there for his son. Yeah, exactly. Because I know if it would be Channing or Chaz, like, they, there's no way if you knew if you you know you know your kids if you knew that your sons would have never done that to a woman you would never tell them to sit there and lie to leave like shit you there's think, no way you know what I know it'd be a one one ticket away to turn that piece catch me okay. if you can motherfuckers I'm out <laughs> I am out fuck that yes. fuck yes, that shit absolutely I, for me the hardest part was watching Corey's Corey Weiss's story, um, I literally cried. I cried. Um, and, and legit, it, it was, it was, it was crazy. Just the emotions that I felt to where it had me like literally just crying like so bad that I had to like step away and just take a moment. And my nephew was just like, Raina, it's okay. And I just was bawling my eyes out because I'm just like, how, how can they just how could they just do this to our children, you know? And, and that's why, you know, and I, and I remember saying to um, one of my guy friends that I was watching the first episode with, I said, I read when they see us, I said, when they see us, I said, do you not understand how profound that title is? He said, what do you mean? I said, because it represents, this whole show represents what America sees little black boys. They don't see them as boys, as kids. They look at them as animals, wolf packs, you know, uh, dangerous people, criminals. When they see us, when America sees black people, they don't see humans. Mm. And that's why I think, you know, I've been watching a lot of interviews with Ava DuVernay, and sure enough, when she explained why she decided on that title, it was just that because that is exactly how America sees black boys. Agreed. I think. I think. But what was so interesting about it was, and and this is what America should be should be mad about. We should be mad that fall when there's no evidence link, linking those boys to um, this girl's rape, right? But they still get what seven years. A minimum of seven years, right? Uh-huh. But when we got Brock, who is caught in the act of raping a woman behind yes. a dumpster, and he only get three months of probation, that is what we should be protesting about. The thing is, when we talk about the end of dumb, the disparity within the criminal justice system, these are specific things. And I know a lot of people on the right, a lot of people who watch Fox News, and I like to say Fox News, um, they cannot they, 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 they cannot conceive the notion or the thought that these things could ever happen. That black people are just protesting just to protesting. And we are talking just to talk. But the, one of the hardest things to do to be in this country, right, is to be a black man and be a black woman. Right? Yes. But in regards to the criminal justice system, it's hard, it's extremely hard to be a black man because of Black men have longer prison sentences. Yes. That is a fact. Right? And what this documentary shows, this documentary shows 
that there are more, probably multiple of police stations that are doing the exact same things to young black boys as this police station did to these um, black boys. Uh-huh. I mean, and this and this is that's probably um, one of the most progressive states. New York is one of the most progressive states in the country. Uh-huh. And this is but around. They, but but I've been hearing that it's 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 actually very racist. It's just really mass. Inco, in, what is incovert? So so it's incoverted racism. Yes, yes. It's just it's it's hidden. They say they basically from what I hear is that it's hidden more than it is here. Well, I know I know what we know down here in the south is. Hey, they say it loud. They're racist and proud. I mean, that's just. <laughs> But that's when this is how it is. You know what I'm saying? But and it's hard, and it's very hard to wrap my head around this. A six a guy who was basically 15 did 13 years. He went to Rikers Island. He got his ass beat throughout those 13 years. Right? And he did that. He did all of that just to, right? Just to get a consolidated confinement. And to lose his fucking mind. Oh. Now be mindful, Corey Wise. He did not. Know, he had bad hearing through this whole time. Oh, really? He he didn't. He did not have good. He had bad hearing this whole time throughout this whole process. So think about that. He was getting his ass beat. He had bad hearing. His um, he had a transsexual sister. Yes. And you know, his his, boy, his brother ended up dying while he was in prison. Yeah, you know, so he went through a, a whole fucking life, and he couldn't read. The thing about it was that he could not read. And another thing about it was, was, was crazy was that they had these boys sign confessions. Yes, they the boys didn't write the confessions. They had these motherfuckers sign confessions without any parental um relative there. Yeah, supervision was there. You know, so this is the thing that was just crazy to me. Um. Was that the treatment of these young black boys? We seen it with Trayvon. Yes. We seen it with Mike Brown. Yes. Okay. Can, can I keep on going further? We constantly sees it. You constantly see this shit in America. In America, that's supposed to be progressive, and this is the 21st century. But it's the same shit that we seen from. 1989 and from 1989 they've been seeing this shit since 79 from 79 69 and ex- and you know so on ahead. and so forth yes. so yes. when are we going to get to this point when we say you know what there is an issue there is an issue that we have to address and no not you know taking police officers and say well this is how you interact with black people that's not going to solve shit what we need to do, and I've been saying this, man, we need police, um, community policing. Nobody knows Bruce Bruce that's sitting on the corner that's always smoking cigarettes. He don't sell drugs. All he do is just want to smoke cigarettes. Uh-huh. But if you're from a predominantly white area, say Chapin or whatever rich area you fucking from, well, any rich fucking white area you're from, you don't know that. So you going to Bruce Bruce thinking he just he's selling drugs and you you know busting heads to the damn white meat and he's on the ground getting arrested. Exactly. All because of things that you don't know nothing about. Exactly. You know, and when well, Linda, whatever fucking Mayo ass head ass bitch. Oh my god, yo, let me tell you. Did I watch I don't know if you saw that I shared um a clip of the Breakfast Club with uh, Charlamagne the God talking about it. Yo, he was like, when you get mayonnaise, all that mayo in the justice system, the shit comes out tasting awful. I was like, oh my goodness. You know, you know, you know, Charlamagne the God with his his mayo type, type shit that he got mm-hmm. going on. One time he had a whole tub. He was talking about Taylor Swift when she tried to do the whole boat on uh, Mayella thing. He had a big ass tub. When I mean a tub of mayo to talk about this. But yeah, if you ever have time, go see the clip. It was really funny and really like it was really heartfelt but funny at the same time. It's like that's why I love Charlamagne the guy. He knows how to be funny and real at the same time. But yeah, but yes, Linda Ferristine, whole mayonnaise ass. Keep yeah. going. Sorry, <laughs> but she capitalized on this case. 
She be she, she kept like she started writing books about it, knowing and the DA knowing it was wrong. Yes, and the lawyer, the lawyer yes, actually yes. represented Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Let me see. I actually wrote her name down. What is that name? Her name is uh, Elizabeth Carter, I believe. Um, she ended up being able to teach at um, Columbia College. Which is funny because my old roommate actually goes to school there. She just got, she actually just graduated with her master's there. Oh, you said the DA works there? The ODA? The prostitutor boys? Yes, uh, Elizabeth uh, Letterer. Yes, yeah, she she actually um, is a teacher at at Columbia College. Yeah, she teaches law there. That's crazy. That's crazy. You yeah. had no influence, you know, no indismissible evidence. Mm-hmm. Against these boys, but we tried them, and you got you know, you got a conviction. But yes. what's what's interesting to me was is the victim, um, the girl who got raped, Trisha Melly. Trisha, Trisha, to this day, she still sides with the police. Yeah, or tries to say, well, she doesn't know what happened. She doesn't remember what, so she can't say. Anything. I I understand it. That's that. that you see, that's the problem, right? That's that's the same shit. Um, Robert Mueller says, right? Oh wow! If people don't watch, uh, follow politics. Well, Robert Mueller, um, he was the head of the FBI, right? He did the whole investigation of Donald Trump. So mm-hmm. we said, what well, did he or did he did did he or did Donald Trump not fuck with the Russians? Uh-huh. He don't know. Basically, just like she don't know, he don't know. So a lot of these white motherfuckers really don't know shit so much today. The last no. couple of weeks, right? You see what I'm saying? So it's like this. To me, it, it goes in a hand in hand also with people who don't believe that global warming is happening. Right? Exactly. Scientists yeah. will show you the data. Scientists will show you the proof. We can show you this, right? No. I don't know about that. Exactly. Yeah. And you're like, you dumb bitch. The evidence is right here. The guy who actually did it, we you, you found him. We got a DNA to match. It's not these boys. It's this guy right here. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. How you don't know? I'm telling you. I'm telling you the answer. How you don't know? Yeah. And then, and then here's the thing too. Like, could you imagine? So if Corey had never met. Uh, Matthias Reyes. Yeah, Matthias Reyes. Never, they still, they, they still would have gotten scrutiny, um, which is they still continue to um, from the other side. Um, Corey would have still been in jail. Like, it, uh. and then, and then what's even worse is that when Reyes ended up coming and saying, "Yo, I did this," and he kept going on and on about the story, he had to repeat it so many times, and people would, they still wouldn't believe him. And I, you, I don't know if you remember the scene at the coffee shop. With uh, one of the investigators that were working on the case, when he was speaking to the lawyer who was trying to break the case and realized that, yo, these little boys had nothing to do with it, he was still trying to say, like, oh, he was a six one. Yes, they still had a part in this. That's what you, yo, man. The thing is, look, and people think it's a joke, man. I tell, I tell my my sister this. They have a conversation with my nephew. I'm having a conversation with my uh, my own my my mom. My kids, when they get older, is that people have an issue with saying, look, these white people really got out for some of y'all niggas, bro. Y'all, y'all can say what y'all want to say. Y'all can chuck and jive, want to, you know, wear country boots and, and go to an all-white club. Look, you could do all of that. But I'm telling you, you get locked up. These motherfuckers ain't around for you. These, a lot of these officers are going to hit you over the head. Uh, this is factual. And people could say, no way, yo, you sound racist as fuck. You sound ignorant. Ignorant with facts. That's the thing. We constantly see this shit. And it's frustrating because we constantly have to talk about this. We constantly have to talk about injustices, right? Just for Fox News or opposition to say those shits don't exist. Uh-huh. Well, we're 13% of the population, United States population, but we're 60% of the prison population. There's something wrong. But they always come back and say, well, what about Chicago? Oh, my God. <laughs> you just made me think about our old, our old um, manager that we used to have. But you said, what about Chicago? Well, what about Wyoming? Ain't no niggas in Wyoming. How, who killing who out there? <laughs> who killing who in North Dakota? You see, that's, I mean, that's the thing, though, man. 
it's crazy and it's absurd it's because they always want to point the finger or, or let's say the media or whoever want to criminalize the black image let's, let's say that we look threatening ain't never look I, I always I tell you everybody uh, you are safer in the hood than you are in a white neighborhood you are safer in the hood. I know, at least you know in the hood. You got three niggas you know as, as you know as criminals out there, but they ain't gonna rob people in their neighborhood. They're robbing people in another neighborhood. Exactly. Niggas with some money. Nigga, this is crazy to me, man. This is absolutely absurd and crazy to me. That in the 21st century, today, we we can only know how corrupt the system is. How corrupt a lot of, um, you know, I'm not saying just the criminal system, but this the United States system, right? Period. The whole hierarchy of your badge, your boss. We know how corrupt it is. We know that most people who are in corporate America, most of them are white. We know they pull the strings within the jobs thing. And we know they only allow certain, you know, you know as a black person, you can go so far. We know that. Knowing that. We will still fuck with them motherfuckers that fuck with our own kind. And everybody want to use the, the, the quote, well, crabs in the barrel. That's fine. I understand you, you know, crabs in the barrel. But my question is, who put the crabs in the goddamn barrel? That's the real, that's the real you know what I'm saying? So in regards to this criminal justice system, regards to the Central Park Five, in regards to Trayvon Mark, uh, Martin, um, Mike Brown, Eric Gardner, Sandy. Um, goddamn, I forgot. I forgot, I forgot to say your last name. I had a brain fart. Whose name? Sandy, the black girl. Oh, Sandy Bland. Yes. Sandra Bland. Yeah. Um, in regards to how these are constant drop balls that the police department drops. And then you want to tell black people to have faith in the police department. So you want to tell me, goodness. yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that all cops are bad, right? That would, that would be me being precious. But what, what I am saying is that there is an issue throughout United States police departments in which constant black people, minorities, black and brown people go through um, trauma. When people end up missing, when it's that guy who um, over there in Missouri, we talked about in our previous episode, he just stopped. You know, he ran out of gas and then ended up getting locked up and ended up dying mysteriously. Um, it, they're, they're, these are, and the thing is, it's constant. Sandra Van death. We don't know how the fuck she died. They said she killed herself, but we ain't got no evidence of her killing herself. That's my point. That's the issue. Central Park Five, Rodney Hood, Rodney King, Rodney King beatings. You know the guy who killed the other guy in South Carolina, especially in South Carolina. Yeah. You know, the, we criminalize a lot of black people. They they put them on. They put you know their face on the newspaper. They put these team boys' faces on newspapers. Yes. Right. Yes. And their addresses. Yes, and, and what's what's really important about this is like throughout all the articles that came out in the in 1989, also 1990, is that none of none of these articles, at, like only like maybe 10 percent of the articles said you know alleged rape, alleged assault. Nothing was alleged. It was they did this. Yeah, and then the president, now the now sitting president, um, wanted his boys to get a death penalty. Exactly. Now even after. You know, the evidence came back and said these guys were innocent. He's still, the president to this day, still hasn't said, well, yo, well, I fucked up. Yeah, exactly. He actually took out ads took to out, bring back yep. execution. Mm -hmm. To bring back the death penalty. For these boys. And which they did for a crime they didn't commit. But Donald Trump is not racist, right? Oh. Okay, but even in regards to Donald Trump, you know, I, you know, Donald Trump is a he's a funny. If he wasn't a racist, if he wasn't an asshole, I probably would have fuck with Donald Trump. He's a funny dude, man. He, he he's a very sneaky, lying, funny ass dude. Let me say that. But 
way he did, and even to this day. Let <laughs> I me. Mean, I know I'm about to sidetrack Donald Trump because I had to gather my thoughts for a second. Um, Donald Trump took our ads to um, give the death penalty to young boys, right, black boys. Donald Trump had a lawsuit, a civil lawsuit, right, because he would not rent to black people. Correct? Uh Donald Trump says that an all black country, Haiti, right, is Uh what? What what do you say about Haiti? It's a shithole. There you go. Right? (laughs) He's going to say it here by Africa. Which is very funny because my mother sent me an article. She was doing a lot of research. And apparently, uh, Trump's great grandfather used to do business in Haiti. And there's actually Trump ancestry on that island, actually. So, that much of a shithole, but a lot of the money that he inherited actually came from Haiti. He just don't like the people. That's what I'm saying. And and he made battle cries to the alt-right and to the white supremacist. And we go around and people always say, well, he's not a racist. Look, man, if you act like a duck, Quack like a duck, walk like a duck. It's damn sure not a fucking turtle. <laughs> exactly. It's not. You see what I'm saying? So, fuck Donald Trump, nigga. Play that shit for YG. But I feel bad for Central Park Five guys, man. And after the, they just got their money, forty-one million um, in 2014. Uh huh. But they were released in what 2004. Uh, they were. Said what were they exonerated? Yeah, they were exonerated, I believe, in 2002. Two, so from 2000 to 2014, it took you took New York City that long to get these guys their money. Yep, it took them that long. And you know what? Um, in the interview, which is, I, I need to send you the link to the interview that I was watching of Yusuf and um, yeah, it, it, was, it was on Vlad. I seen it, yes. And Yusuf said something that was very true that I didn't think about. He said, he didn't like the fact that the the forty one million dollars came out of the city of New York because that that came out of taxpayers' money. It shouldn't came out of the salary of the people who put them in jail. Facts, facts. One name is Linda. Linda Ferristein. Yep. Uh, Elizabeth, whatever her little curly headed af- fake ass afro she had, the little lawyer. Um, all of the investigators, all of that. Should get hit over the head. Yes. You know, and the crazy thing is, what what this what this um this case shows me is that a lot of times it's not who you are, but where you're but where you're at. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, these guys will just walk around with their friends and then get caught and you know got caught for some bullshit. Um, and that's something that we need to teach our kids is that be aware of your surroundings. And I know it's hard because kids are naive. You know, they they look for things. They you know they they, they seek out knowledge. They want to learn. Yes, and also they're just oblivious to so much shit. Like they just don't look around. They don't pay yeah. attention to nothing. Yeah, and so matter of fact, I, I got a story. Um, and this some way can ties into this. When I was in middle school, I went to Alcorn Middle, right? Mm-hmm. And it was this guy. Uh, he was a game member one time, a long time ago. His name was Bebe. This is his story, Bebe, right? Mm-hmm. And so, they got worried that all kids, bloods affiliated, this then the third was going to wear red on Bebe's birthday, who died. So, me being oblivious to what the fuck everything was going on, this is the time where everybody's ran um, Air Force with a colorful shoe strings. Right, yeah. so yeah, white forces, red shoe strings, or you swap them out. And so, I had some white air forces, all right, and I had like some black shoe strings in the world, black or red shoe strings with them, right, with checker box. Uh-huh. I had like a black shirt, and my undershirt was red. So, I didn't know baby, so I don't give a fuck about none of these shits, right? Uh-huh. So, yo, they pulled all, all the kids that was wearing some kind of red into an office and took pictures of us. Are you serious? Dead ass. This is an Alcorn Middle School. Alcorn Middle School. Dead fuck. Dead ass. I'll never forget it. And they took pictures of us, right? And so, think, me now, we'll be like, yo, 
they're criminalizing little kids that's in middle school. Niggas not even in high school. Niggas in middle school. Right? But me there was like, what the fuck is going on? I'm just trying to get out. I just don't want my parents to find out. Right. You know what I'm saying? But what is what it shows that here, and it's somewhat happened to kids here in Colombia, right here, that I could be part of um they could have started a conspiracy that, yo, this thing is a gang member since exactly. fucking 2003, you know, or, or things of that nature. But the point was, black kids go through this nation fucking wide. Mm-hmm. This is not Central Park 5. Central Park 5 was in 1989. Exactly. This is like 2003. Exactly. And niggas who went to Alcorn around this time knew the fuck I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They put us in his office, and I never forget, man. I just I had a black shirt with a red undershirt just to match the ones. That's the craziest thing. Yes, I'm yes. just trying to match. Yeah, I'm trying to match colors. Day, you had to match. You had to match your shoes to your hat to your, to your shoe shirt. strings. Yeah, you know? yeah, that was the thing back in the day. You know what I'm saying? I just got I just got the kicks too, man. I, I, yo, so quill, man. You remember that shit, B? But <laughs> I just got the ones too, man. That's the crazy thing about it. My sister did shoelaces for me. Yeah. And so my sister did shoelaces for me. And, and, it, it, it's, and it's alarming, man. It is alarming because they put us in this box. They put us in these, these certain things in which we cannot, we cannot escape. Another example, if you... If you're standing, if you you know, from certain neighborhoods, right? And you could be not doing nothing. You could be playing basketball or whatever. You're automatically associated with, you know, a gang member. Yeah. You know, so that shit was crazy, man. That shit is crazy. Um, and I can't say we have to totally change our criminal justice system. Hey, motherfucker, we have to wipe the bitch clean and start all over again. Yes, we really do. We gotta we gotta start all over again. Because like that's what happened to me and to those kids um back in the early two thousand at Alcorn and this happened in nineteen eighty nine. That's the twentieth century. This is the twenty first century. And that shit's still happening, my nigga. Still. Still. <laughs> and, and you it, it, man, look, man, <laughs> and I, I'm laughing at it because I'm I'm going back in time in my head. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. You know what I'm saying? I'm not no gang member. Why the fuck they taking pictures of me? And I remember exactly. going home. I'm telling my father, and he's like, they can't do that. They can't do that. But you ain't go. You ain't go up there and raise hell. No, exactly. So you just like you know, you know the guy, the guy father, innocent bystander. There it is. Yep. There it is. No police officer has the right to take pictures of nobody's child to to interrogate to, to do interview nobody's child without that active same parent. But they did that, and who probably did that over here is probably Richard County. You know. And like that's something I will never forget. Oh, I'm telling you, man. This this is just it's exhausting having to wake up every morning and just think like, especially like as a black man, I know having to wake up every day and, and leave your house and, and, and hoping that, you know, you're gonna do everything perfect so that you know nothing happens to you, that you can come home to your kids or your family, you know? Uh, What's, what's what's more exhausting is doing everything perfect and still getting pulled over. Let me ask you a question. There's always this question, right? We have this. This this is a double standard. When they you know these mostly countrywide guys, they got assault weapons or whatever. They take pictures with it. They ride with it on the back of their damn truck. You see them out here doing goddamn tactical movements and shit with their kids. Walking up and down the street with their guns. But if a black man do it, we know for a fact he's getting his head beat in. Yep. We know for a fact. He's a a criminal. He's a hoodlum. He was um, smoking weed. I love when they try to use that. He used to smoke a lot of weed. 
the hell? There's so many white people smoking weed right now. Hell, they like heroin and coke. At least keep it Yo, up. my nigga, I said this, bro. I said this real, real life. <laughs> you worry about niggas smoking weed. But it's niggas, but it's white people out here got whole dispensaries. Thank you. They got whole, it's weed farms out here. But you worry about the motherfucker smoking weed. Like, uh, who gives a, I don't give two fucks about anybody smoking weed. My problem is this, with any drug use, and I said this. Don't, don't sell it to the, to the people in your neighborhood, in your community. Sell it elsewhere and double it. My problem is this, is when you're a drug dealer that make no money. If you were, you see what I'm saying? These niggas out here selling dope or whatever and making no money. That's my issue with it. You ain't making no money. You ain't making no money. Why are you selling it? You selling little nicks of dime bags or whatever. Fucking, what you getting? What? What? Twenty dollars? Uh-huh. And you know what I'm saying? Look, and they overcharging some of these guys for QP. You know what I'm saying? Some niggas want to sell a QP for nine fifty or whatever. They try to break it down and, and, and double it. And they just selling it back to their niggas who gonna sell it back to them. That's what I'm mad at. These niggas ain't making no money. But if I was, if my thing is this, I want my dudes to double up, right? Uh-huh. What what you do if you were smart, right? You take all those drug dealers, you know, we is gonna be legalizing about five, five, probably ten years max, right? Yeah. So what you do is you go and let's go ahead, buy stocks, let's go ahead, get a business license. We about to sell legitly now. You about to go ahead and grind. That's my that's my issue with it. My issue is is grinding dumb niggas that grind dumb. <laughs> grind dumb. No, you're right though. Right though. And, and and I think it's especially the way that dudes do grind dumb is like when they grind and they they become so flashy with it because yeah. that's when you really become a target even more. Yo, I just want my people to get business license. And if you're selling drugs, sell that shit illegally. If you want to sell Molly's or whatever, you know, oxycodone, um, whatever little shit you got, Molly's or whatever, what you need to do is go be a pharmacist so you can sell it legally. That's my thing. My thing is I don't want you to sell what you want to sell, but I don't want you to sell it illegally. That's all. That's the difference between black people and white people, Right. We think that we can't obtain a we we think that we need to have a degree to obtain a business license. When we, when we don't, <laughs> you just go fucking apply, apply, get your business license. Right, look, you know, research the shit. Let's get it popping. Cause I know me, I don't know everybody else, but I'm about to start. Um, I'm about to start um, buying stocks, weed stocks. So I'm gonna come legal. I'm selling oh weed stocks. God, yeah, you know what? That would be really smart too. Yep. That's what I'm about to start doing. So I'm about to be all in it. All in it. All in it. Shit. Hell these yeah, niggas. Because that, that's definitely going to be money for real. What? Shit. I'm about to be balling like Jordan. Huh. <laughs> oh, oh. All right. So all right, that's enough about the Central Park Five. So we had another thing that was interesting that happened. Yes. Um. So. Earlier, what, what, what was it earlier? Let me see when did this happen. Yeah, I think it was like yesterday. Uh-huh. I don't know. I probably got a brain fart. But the point is this. So it was um, an ex-Army sergeant. Uh-huh. Who was in, arrested. Yes. So when he got arrested, something interesting happened. He got shipped back. And all his organs was gone. Yep. And again, did we not talk about this a couple of um, yes, episodes couple ago? Episodes ago, yes, we did. And he was so fine. <laughs> he was so fine. I know it has nothing to do with it that if, you know the fact that his organs are missing is just you know more important. But he was so fine, y'all. He could have been my baby daddy. Who knows? <laughs> Yo, sick of this. Sick of this. The crazy thing is, man, we uh, we called it well. I don't know what we called it, but we know it's going on. We yeah, know absolutely. it's going on. It's knowingly happening. Absolutely. Knowingly. And, and you know what? And you know, um, when I kind of started getting awareness of it was back in 2010 during the Haitian earthquake. Um, we actually, of course, we had a lot of help coming to the island. And sure enough, a lot of people were getting killed and a lot of people were found with organs missing. So, 
The shit's been around for the longest. So the question is this, right? So we had a guy in Georgia that was found um, wrapped up in a wrestling mat with all his organs missing. We had an actor that was living in California. He was found dead, organs missing. Yep, you found in Nevada. We had another boy that was found in Mississippi. Uh, the missing. Mississippi yep. Mm-hmm. All his organs missing. And now it's another guy that came up, Army Sergeant. All his organs are missing. Now, here we are. Here are these are the evidence. Now, what do we do now? Where do we go from here? My thing is, is what I'm trying to figure out is okay, so I'm thinking they're doing this because of shortage of donors. That's one thing. And also because they know that the cells of black people, since we are we do have the strongest gene, and they recognize that. So they're preserving it for medical purposes. Is that what they're doing this for? Because that's the only thing that I can think of. Well, that's the thing. Here's my theory. My theory is, is that these guys are getting kidnapped by aliens. All right, nah, let's fuck with you. But what <laughs> my real thing you is... You see this. how silent I got, right? I was like... Aliens. Nah, my my thing is this is that they are taking these organs and it's on a black market. And people of power know know this. But because they are black, they reluctantly choose not to do anything about it. Uh-huh. So now comes a time when we have to talk to man, we gotta talk to our kids about everything. You know, stay if you want to tell them stay strapped, right? Yeah. I, but then they get arrested for that. Yeah. Even if they got the weapon legally, still legally. get arrested. Still get arrested. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes, and then, or or you get killed on the spot. Yep. And so now it comes to another part, right? Um, you get into custody of the police. You mysteriously die. Now your organs are missing. So the only the only other thing I could think of. As to just keep all keep everybody in the fucking bubble, stay your ass inside. I mean, and, I mean, then, then some way somehow they'll break into our house and kill us and take our organs. I'm telling you, white people are just obsessed with us. It's disgusting. It really is, <laughs> man. It's, I mean, seriously. It's look. My thing is confusing. Well, even if they break into our house, you know, and, and I'm reluctantly to say that that's the dumbest one of dumb ideas is that. Um, now, because of the drones, right? Um, in 2014, um, Sheriff Leon Lott came out and said they got drones constantly flying over Columbia, right? Infrared drones that could that could see you, but not see you. They could see your heat signature throughout the house. Really? Yeah. So your right of privacy is is being eradicated. That you know what I'm saying? So for so for a black man, it's the most that's this is probably gonna be the most scariest times, but it could be also be the most liberating times. Yeah. Being that everything now is being filmed, being that social media is as strong as social media is, is that we could pinpoint, we could throw out who the bad guys are at any moment. Trust me. Most people are a click away from being a world star, a click away from being on a shave room, ball alert, and once they hit those platforms, that's your ass. Just recently on the shave room and ball alert, um, a racist white lady called this hotel, right? So she called the hotel. Um, she's looking for a room or whatever, right? So she gets mad and she calls the person a nigger. Like, you a nigger, stupid nigger. So she comes up to the hotel. All her family staying in this hotel. She's pleading with this black manager, right? I really need a room. This is all my family staying. My grandma just died. And he said, you know what? It's above me now. <laughs> it's above me now. The point is, he said, oh, she want to cry this, that, and the third. He told the best question is next door. Then the best Westerner said, nope, we're not allowing you to stay here neither. 
So this is what I'm saying. This is this is the point that is liberating, right? It's social media and, and these new technological phones in which we can tell these motherfuckers, pinpoint them, point at them, and said, you're not going to keep on doing this shit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But what we need to do, we all need to be on one accord. And I think we're not on one accord, right? Is that certain people are like, we're going to put off on we're going to record this. You know, this is wrong. But other people are still scared because of what their parents said. Just like, oh, it's like Antron's father. Uh-huh. A police officer said, you don't have the right to record me. Who don't? The law says I do. Because they love to make up some shit out of the blue. Like, I, you know, I realize that even with the kind of job that I do, you know, some a lot of the police officers would tell some of our customers some of the most bogus stuff. And they'll just make up stuff from the flight. And I'll tell them, I'm like, nah, they just made that up. You're fine. Like, over the most dumbest things. And, and because police officers, they just think that they just run the fucking street so they can say whatever they want to say. But you know what? They have the right, they have the power to lie. Yeah. Yeah. They have the power to lie to you. That's the thing a lot of people don't see. No, no. A police officer can lie to you and get done. Don't get in trouble. Because they have that right. But we are subjected to not to lie to the officers because if we do, that's when we get fucked up. That's why I think that a power struggle is not is not is not even. A police officer will lie to you. A lie he lie to a subject. You don't think he's gonna lie to everybody else? Uh huh. Shit is fucking crazy. Crazy. Uh-huh. Tell you something. I'm just, I'm so exhausted with this system. I'm so exhausted with this country. I'm just exhausted. I'm exhausted. Every day. I'm just like, every every time you get on social media, every time you turn on the television, some crazy shit is happening to one of us. And I'm just, um, it's, it's just, it's exhausted. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of you know, pushing the agenda of pro, of, I mean, of course I'm not tired of, of pushing the agenda of pro-blackness, but the fact that it derives from such an angry place because it comes from a place of mistreatment, that part is exhausting. I can agree to that. <laughs> I can damn sure agree to it. Like, damn. But what's, but um, what's the resolution? I, I, I don't think you want to hear my Haitian-ass response. So. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I think that's the most frustrating part is I don't know. My my instinct, and I don't know if it's because of where my ancestors come from and it's the feeling that I get from them um, because mine is to just fight back. But you can't just fight back. There has to be a strategy. You have to be strategic with it. Now, what can the strategy be? I don't know. I think this, man. I'm always going to tell everybody the same shit. Got the one thing. Community policing. Yeah. If you're from that hood, you got to have at least three three officers that's from that hood patrol that hood. Yeah. That's it. You got Because it, it, it stops a lot of shit. Now, nobody can't say the police against them. Hey, we all grew up together. I answer to you. Yeah, but then again, the training brainwashes them, though, doesn't it? Well, yeah, that is true. That is true. That is true. Or, or you could train them in the neighborhood, in the community. Maybe. You see what I'm saying? So start doing the centralized training for everybody and start doing community-based training. Yeah, community-based training. Okay, that's an idea. That's a good idea. So that's that's what I'm gonna go. I'm always gonna go community policing. It's the day I die. <laughs> so, that's, a, that's all we got for today. God damn, yes. I didn't even have to quote. Oh, the quote is this. Um stop worrying about the crabs in the barrel and worry about who puts you in the barrel. Mm. Stop worrying about the crabs in the barrel and worry about who puts you in the barrel. Yeah. 
Okay. That's, that's I'm, think, I'm thinking Red Lobster, but I got you. I got you. Yeah, maybe. But like I said, the thing is this, man. The thing is, is, is that we always want to talk about what well, black people are in a bad predicament. How did black people? That's that's the thing. As, as people who are who who searching for the truth, we we always want to work on the middle equation instead of the start of it, right? You know, some people like please excuse my dear on Sally, right? Um, they always, you know, some people like to start from an additional that the, the adding point. Mm-hmm. When you're supposed to start from the one that's in the comma, right? Mm-hmm. And that if you always if you always start from the you know additional point instead of the thing that's in the comma, then you always get the problem wrong. Yeah, I know. I go over last night. People head like, what the fuck is this nigga talking about? I gotta take you back. Please excuse my dear Sally. All right, yeah, you really did. But I think you're just trying to say that. Bobby, you you always said, you know, we you always have to go back to the origin. Yep. Of everything. Everything has an origin story. Everything. And the origin story is that they are obsessed with us. Um. They hate us so much because they're so obsessed with us. I mean, come on, let's be honest. They really are. <laughs> because if you're trying to eradicate. Uh, 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 basically, when you would feel a different species than you, you're obsessed. That is true. You well, are completely obsessed. If you live your entire life hating one group of people, trying to find ways to eradicate them in the most devious ways, in the most mentally manipulative way, you're obsessed. Just a bunch of like roaming narcissists, honestly, a bunch of psychopaths. Ah. Possibly, I think. But it's, the thing is, it's not, and it's me growing. Me growing, seeing that it's not just all of them. But I have to address all of them because if the ones that are not standing up, you know, are not backing the, the ones that's being oppressed. Yeah. yeah, that's that's how I'm looking at it. You know what I'm saying? It's not in like hand, it's just like the law of South Carolina: hands in one is in the hands of all. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I look at it with this. And so, the a and co and co what cohesive and covert. I don't know what the fuck I'm about to say. But the ones who who don't stop racism are equally as responsible as yes. the ones that conduct the race. The yes, racism. and I remember that was one of my quotes of the week. Um, I think almost a year ago when we started the show, I said, you know. People who are not standing against racism are part of the racist community. Yep. Big facts. Big so. facts. They can't tell me that, and they can't tell me, well, you know, uh, I'm not racist. All right, but you're not standing up. You're not standing up to those that are racist. That's the issue. If we have enough people checking them niggas on it, then we'll be okay. Exactly. But you don't. You just let that shit go. Like a lot of kids that they that they mom or grandma say racist shit, and they not say nothing about it. Exactly. Check these old motherfuckers, man. But that's all I got. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for coming for listening to us venting uh, with this series. Uh, we definitely want to thank y'all for tuning in, listening. And supporting us, you know, in about two days, it'll be our one year anniversary. So that'll be, this is dope. It's been crazy. But um, definitely check us out on all platforms that you have, wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're here at the last set. Also follow us on our uh, social media platform, Instagram, the last cassette, Facebook, the last cassette. We got iClark on I underscore God dig it. What's your Instagram name? Yeah, yeah, you know about now. It's your boy. I Clark underscore Kent. Underscore Kent. And follow me at Egyptia. See, mine is simple. I don't have nothing else but just Egyptia. <laughs> I had a name for like years, so. Dang. Yeah, I should remember it by now. I will. I'll have a down pack of house. <laughs> all right, so y'all hold it down. I remember this. This was the season premiere. All right. Season three premiere of the last cassette. So if you see our new um our new picture, our new logo, yeah, it's just, just still the same. Still right. the same, just switching it up a little bit. Alright, so y'all hold it down and I'm out. <laughs>